0: So, I thought I was the queen of Airbnb. Checked the profile. I visited all the places. However, how can I truly be a queen if I have never been a host? Didn't even think about it, y'all. It's time to think about it because my place is cute. Why not share? I know. I got you thinking about it now. All right. Well, don't think about it. Be about it. Find out how you can be a host at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit discover
2: bank member fdic infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
3: Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Let's go, kids! Suprema, sup, sup, Suprema roll call. Suprema, sup, sup, Suprema roll call. Suprema, sup, sup, Suprema roll call. Suprema, sup, su- sup, Suprema, Suprema, su- su- Suprema roll call. My team, Suprema. Yeah. Ain't no half stepping. Yeah. Robert Townsend, Yeah, ain't he got no weapon? Oh, I got no weapon. Suprema, su, su, Suprema.
4: Roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema. Roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah, and I'm feeling cool. Yeah, I finally graduated. Yeah, from black acting school. Yeah. Roll call, call. Yeah.
5: Suprema, su, su, <laughs> su,
4: su,
3: Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Sup, Sup, Suprema roll call
1: My name is Sugar. Yeah Back on the hash Yeah Wait, 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 wait Yeah Did I see you on MASH? Oh, <laughs> what?
5: <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Suprema Sup, su- Suprema Deep roll Deep cut
4: Deep cut Suprema Sup, su-
0: Suprema roll call It's like, yeah Yeah Don't need no bib yeah Robert Towson Yeah Can I get one rib? <laughs> <laughs> Suprema su, su, Suprema Roll Call Approximation Suprema
6: su, su, Suprema Roll Call My name is Robert Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in town Yeah <laughs> And getting down <laughs> Yeah <laughs> With this crew in town Roll, roll
3: call. call Suprema <laughs> we, we see the boss su, clown su, Suprema Roll Call Suprema Sup, Sup Suprema Roll Call. So I messed up. Yeah. And uh Yeah And uh, and, uh, someone tell me Where is unpaid bill? Roll call uh Suprema Suprema Roll Call. Sorry, Suprema Suprema Roll
0: Call. Suprema suprema roll call. Suprema Suprema, Suprema suprema roll call. Oh my Sorry God.
3: about that. It, I you did keep the wrong cheating. version,
1: huh? You keep taking two.
3: Well, you know, I
0: forgot that Bill's not
3: here, so <laughs> uh, I should have did it for five people. Uh, but instead, oh, I see, yeah.
0: Good wow, yeah. Listen, so listen. way too many references. This was a pressure. I was like, <laughs> I want to put the bold, the black, and the beautiful. <laughs> like with the Like it was just too many. It was too <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
3: Okay. Can
1: we? Can wait, we... I, I'm right about the mash thing, right? Yes, so you, I you want are. It, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Right. Good. You are. Good. Just checking. All right.
3: So. Can we just collectively have a meeting? Yes. Okay. Okay, let's
0: go. Because
3: we have a tendency. We're not going to embarrass you. To sing, yeah, to sing people's songs and oh, act out. Oh, oh, oh. I can't promise oh, you that's no, not going to no. happen. I'm just letting you know. Oh, no. If it's... I feel moved to sing A Heart as a
4: House for Love, Listen. that ain't not happen. I'm just saying. I right, wish
0: that raindrops put... Oh, 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 oh. listen, don't dead. come on. Name. Oh, Name. <laughs> all
3: right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Lai <laughs> is falling on the table. For real, or did you just fall off
4: the I table? I did. I did, and I'm
0: so sober. I'm
4: sorry. It's Robert Townsend. I'm excited. Uh, uh, all right. I'm Look, I have <laughs> questions I've been wanting to ask you since I was eight years right. old, bro. You oh don't my understand God. Like, yes. what oh my you God. mean well, to us, bro. Like straight We're up. Let,
3: let me let me introduce our guest first. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah,
4: we know who who it is. All right, man.
3: so ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know where you uh, landed, this is called Quest Love Supreme. I'm your host, Quest Love, and Team Supreme, of course, is strong. Monticolo, what up?
4: how are you, brother? I'm with Robert Townsend. That's
3: all that matters. Let's talk about him. <laughs> Steve? Uh, I'm subscribe. Subscribe. Robert
5: Townsend. <laughs>
4: all right, look, ladies
3: and gentlemen, look, I will just say that maybe or maybe not in the Thompson household, times weren't that happy. I will say that this gentleman <laughs> single-handedly alone probably provided 85% of all joy and happiness that happened at... I can't say my old address, address right because there's, somebody a, new, pull up on there's a new right there <laughs> <laughs> <In> <laughs> Osage Avenue okay. in West hey. Philadelphia. I've, I've probably, you know, probably second to coming to America. I've never quoted a film more than our guest and his debut movie as a director, Hollywood Shuffle. All of his films have touched our lives. Fonte's looking at me like, if you just don't say his name. No, Ladies I'm and gentlemen, Robert Townsend is on Questlove Supreme. <laughs> Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, and we should also note, Robin, up. last night, Reminded me forty two times. She said, You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Robin Feedy she... wants to you oh, know Oh, she hooked
0: us up? Robin? Yes, yes, yes. Oh! yes
3: because of my daughter Sky. That's right, because yes, 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 she's on yes, black yeah, Black, yeah. black Sketch yes, yes, yes. yes. So yes, every twelve yes. seconds, Robin wanted to come up to let me know that thank you. Thank you. Shout Robin. out Robin. Shout to her and all the writers. Yeah, congrats today. on the
4: writers getting yes. they getting their money.
3: Yes. Real. So uh I'm at a loss for words right now. Yeah. I, oh, I'm, I'm thank actually, you for
6: having me. Just yeah. thank you for having me, guys. Because I, I want to
3: start crying and all. I, stuff. I, know, I
1: know I feel all emotional. This is, yeah, now, I this feel emotional. I direct.
4: Come, come on, on man. Just, you man. got a podcast to do. Let's go. All right, <laughs> no, hey, together. A, you are a direct line to like our childhoods, man. And like you know what Amir was saying in our memories. In yeah, our, yeah, memories. Like you know uh, HBO, like the Partners in Crime mm. episodes. Like, dude, like that was an event. Like that was something. Like that would come on me and our family. We'd be on the floor. Like I'm on the floor watching and like. All of that. Are you <laughs> the, wiping your
3: tears with the script? I don't know what. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah, because he's right. I'm listening to Fonte, and I'm like, yeah, that show in itself that changed like <laughs> yeah, that changed the way that we look at black us. people yeah, on screen. Real. That
4: changed us. We had Patrice Russian on the show like a couple years ago, and like we talked to her about you know musical that, director, the musical direction, <laughs> man. Um, it was really just pioneering in so many ways and hilarious. All right, let's get the initial stuff out the way. Let's do it. Where were
3: you born?
6: I was born in Chicago, Chicago, Illinois on the west side of Chicago. Why
3: did we come I'm to LA side? to interview I know, t- 10 like, people like, from Chicago? <laughs> Chicago people on <laughs> yeah. our show?
0: We had Sally Richardson, Hannibal uh, Buress, Hannibal, Hannibal, yeah, yeah, Hannibal. yeah.
3: So, why has Chicago been chosen as the epicenter of comedy? Even for like sketch shows, for writers, for acting for comedy workshops, Chicago is where that starts. Is that just an SNL Thing where... You know, as a kid, I just remember
6: West Side of Chicago, you know, black folks, we always been funny, funny, funny. But then I, stu- I studied at Second City when I was like uh, 14, 15 years old. I started Wait, really young. Wait, when did
3: Second City start?
6: It's been around since the 60s.
3: And they always. So Second City was like a. 80s no, thing. No, no, it's
6: been around a long time. It's so, a... and they had a kids improv, program. Improv- they had, because uh, uh, back then uh, my teacher was Joe Forsberg, but Dale Close was like uh, Jim Belushi and all those guys. Wow. Everybody came so you're out of You were in that it. class? No, I wasn't in that class. I wasn't in Dale's class. I was in the other class. Okay. Yeah, but I, I started at Second City. I started doing improv, but I started in theater. I was like the youngest member of X-Bag, Experimental Black Actors Guild. And it was like, uh, you know, one of the actresses that came out, Mary Alice, who was in Sparkle. Yes, she came out of there. And a guy named Felton Perry was one of the writers. But my first mentor, so I started when I was uh, 14, 15. So that's when I started, and I did my first movie, uh, I was in Cooley High, I had two lines, I was doing a play at X-Bag, and Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, Michael Schultz, the director, and, and uh, Glenn Turman came to see me in the show, and I got a few, so that's when I started, and then I was an extra in Mahogany with Billy D and Diana Ross. Wow. Really? So I've been like, as a baby, I started, you know, back in the game, but went, in terms of comedy, there was always comedy going around, but then I discovered, like, Rush Street had all the comedy clubs, I started performing, like, when I was 16, doing stand-up, 17, yeah.
3: What's your domestic situation into in your childhood, your parents, your siblings?
6: You know, here's the thing. I have four. Uh, there's four of us. I have two sisters, one brother, and uh, my mother raised four kids on her own. My father wasn't there. He was in our lives, but he was in and out. Right.
3: Were you the baby or? I'm the second oldest. Oh, okay. Like, what are the aspirations of your life in your childhood? Are you? I want to be a basketball player. Okay. I mean, like,
6: uh, I just went back to Chicago recently, and all my boys were still friends. But uh, we were all, like, my nickname back then was Left because I got a sweet left-hand jump shot. Okay. And so then my other friend, uh, his name was Ape, because he had long arms, and we used to call him <laughs> Ape. And then you had Brown, Chris. He had He has two sons that were in the NBA, Shannon... Shannon uh, Brown. Oh, so that's his dad. Chris. Wow. And so we were all like little kids loving basketball, and Dennis Olive, We were all like just kids, and we used to go to the You're Chicago still Stadiums
3: with the friends from your childhood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is rare. And
6: how th- does that happen? Let me say this: through the years, we always stayed in contact, and then let me say this when you have a, a dream as a kid on welfare on the west side of Chicago and you just want to do something with your life you need to have a circle of people that believe in you and back then even though my nickname was left uh, they were like you know I said I, I could I got you know I could do voices and characters when I was really young and so they were like left you got something you got something left and they always believed in me and we just stayed we just stayed in touch. And so, and then, and, and Carl uh, Ape, you know, his name is Carl Brinson, he's the president of the West Side NAACP. And okay. so we were always, we always had like a righteous mindset. We got to do something, we got to take action, you know. So, so. You were just
3: neighborhood friends, or were you connected through some, soul, well, I mean, it was just basketball it was okay, basketball okay. everything was basketball
6: and we met on it wasn't a basketball like a jack court. and jill thing or or some no sort of...
3: no well, i mean in the hood nah. whatever right well no i'm just being like <laughs> some yeah. sort of it could be church circles Social club yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah
6: yeah but it was basketball we would play on the basketball court and we played uh at all the different tournaments and stuff and then uh i played in high school on different teams i went to three different high schools so i played at weber catholic then proser vocational and then i
3: graduated from austin for me like, oftentimes, especially with, with with black success and black stories, once you transition to another platform, the temptation to try to take everyone with you. Right. I mean, we can give an example, like maybe an Allen Iverson or whatever. Like, try to take everyone with you is a hard thing to do. And sometimes you can't go to these places and maintain mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. was beforehand. So, Well, it was for, you know. And oftentimes your people might... See your success as their success, and that's hard. So I'm really, I'm really impressed that you still maintain childhood friendships.
6: Yeah, yeah. No, but, but they were real friends. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people, you know, that are not in my life. That they, you know, because there's certain, you know, like you have frenemies that are mm-hmm. friends and they part enemy, and you just learn eventually to clean house and you surround yourself with the right people. And so
3: I've been blessed. Well, that's what's up. Did you know it was? Acting or were you just the thing where like I'm a fan of television and I can imitate these people or how do you know? Acting is what your true calling is if so. So
6: so uh, let me give you the story. Okay. So I am 10 years old I live on the west side of Chicago the Neighborhood is surrounded by gangs the the vice lords the executioners the disciples the Sinister Six And my mother's afraid at 10 that I'm going to get recruited by one of the gangs. And so she goes, when you get out of school, run straight in the house. I run straight in the house and all I do is watch television. I watch so much TV. They nickname me TV guide. And they're like, (laughs) TV guide, what's on tonight? And I go like NBC, they got a really good lineup. And then then ABC, they're kind of cool. I think so, and so, and so, and so. And then, uh, we were on welfare and it's like, when you're on welfare, you can't, um, you can't buy soap because it's not food. It's food stamps, and so you always had that problem, and so I would always try to make my mother laugh, and so then I discovered that God had given me a gift to do the shows because there was a time for the, for the youngsters mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a time that television went off right. and when yes. television yeah, went off you know <laughs> we're, it, we're all 12. of age in here yeah. you know Except for so, LA. you don't
3: know about
0: that <laughs> oh yeah no no okay <laughs> I thought it was 12 I heard it was 12
6: <laughs> <laughs> and television went off and so if you missed a show you missed a show and so I discovered that I could do every show on television so back when I was 10 12 I could do voices and characters, and like if I saw a movie from, you know, French film, I'd and I'd walk around the house. Uh, uh, my brothers and sisters loved The Wizard of Oz. I would do all the characters. I'd have never gotten my brains if it wasn't for you. What, the square root of one? I would do Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, good evening, they found the body in the alleyway. I would do the westerns. Well, David, damn, damn no brain is fixed. Uh, you gotta be out of town by Sunday. I was so good, I could do Lassie.
0: <laughs> Timmy's in the hood, so uh, the hips got Timmy. <laughs> Listen, black representation is essential. If I hadn't seen and heard certain black women in radio, I wouldn't be in radio. Women like Robin Breeden, Candy Shan, and Michelle Wright, Deanna Williams, women. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get
2: your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
0: Because as much traveling as I do, and as many Airbnbs that I stay in, because that's the only way I travel, I really had never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa! Mind-blowing. And your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
6: Here's a story. I got discovered in the fifth grade. There was a teacher. His name was James Reed, tall, white dude, you know, big nose. And he was just this beautiful man. And he wanted these little kids in the hood to learn about Shakespeare. And so he gave us three pages to read. And I just remember I got so nervous because it was like me thinks and thou and though and thus. Elizabeth. right. Yeah. And so I went to the library and I stole all the Shakespeare records because I wanted to get an A. And I listened to him on our stereo at home like Richard III. And I was like, a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse, all he wants is a horse. (laughs) And then like, oh, Othello. And then I listened to all of them. And we had to read in class. And that's how I got discovered, because we had to read um, a scene from Oedipus. And I remember he was like, "Uh, Deborah Jenkins, you'll be Ophelia, Willie King, you'll be uh, Oedipus, and Robert Townsend, you'll be Thereseus, the blind prophet. Let's read. And they read like kids, Deborah read like a kid in the hood, hiss you will marry thy mother and kill if thy father. And I had seen, she- you know, I was listening to the Royal Shakespeare Company, so I was like, Oedipus, I pray not the rage upon thy soul to the be creatures, he not. And so I went deep, and the kids was like, Ooh, your ass is crazy. But the teacher, it was like... after it was over, he was like, where did you learn that? Come here, Robert Towns. Where did you learn that? And I said, well, there's these records. You know, they was in the library, but now they in my house. But that's how they do it in England at the Royal Shakespeare Company. And that teacher took me under his wing. And he was the one who was the first one to say, you could be somebody. And I was like a little boy. And I was like, be somebody. And he was like, you could be somebody. So my journey started there. So he planted the seed in you. He planted the seed. And he came. It's like I won my first award in 1968. So it was like the you know like I remember doing the news for my mother, when Martin Luther King got killed. I was that you know she says what happened again? What happened again? At twelve forty toll, Martin Luther King was leaving, and then Martin Luther King said, "Mama," Martin Luther King said, "We have been to the mountaintop, free at last, free at last." And I would do all the I was a look a little magical
0: kid. And did you realize <laughs> in that moment too that like although the town the the amazing part was yes that you found these records and that you also mimic these records, but the also amazing part was that you knew, unlike all your other classmates, that there were these records at the at the library, and to even do that, because most kids, I didn't I don't even know think that. that was. I'm just saying, even that part to know.
3: All right, so I'm a library kid. Right. I same thing, not necessarily games, but I grew up in the crack '80s, uh-huh. so really, I wasn't. It wasn't favorable for me to go out, so thus, I always stayed indoors. Right, and we had a gazillion records. So that's how I ingested all the music, and I knew four blocks away on Chestnut Street in Philly, there was a library, and I would just go there, listen to all the records, read all the Rolling Stones, all the, you know, music books and whatnot. So I, too, would would do that as well, and, like, the local library is one of my favorite spots. So was that, like, a destination for you if you weren't allowed to go out, or... No, you, you know, you know, the truth was that I don't know.
6: I was uh, because of television, I was always curious about stuff because it was kind of deep outside. The house was like pimps and gangs and drug dealers. And then I'm watching Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> and so then I've got this world and I'm watching the Andy Griffith show. And then outside it's like, if you don't have my money, I'll knock your motherfucking and right. I'm like, oh, oh. And then I was like, what is the reality? So when I would go to the library, I would just look through all the aisles at all the different things, and I saw those Shakespeare records, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it was just, I just remember listening to it on our little stereo, and we had the little stereo that had the blinking lights. Yes. That, you know, had all Same. the disco music mm-hmm. kind of things on it. And everybody wanted to listen to The Temptations or Gladys Knight and stuff like that. And then I was like, no, this is my homework, and everybody's around the house listening to me listen to Othello. And I, and I understood it.
0: I'm just mad I didn't think of that as a kid. I would have understood Shakespeare even more if I even thought that there were albums that I could just listen to instead of reading the work. Like
3: Even Crazier Full Circle, because even in that like 20-second scene in Hollywood Shuffle mm. where you guys mm. are recreating, was it Macbeth or or was that Othello? It was King Lear. At that point, that movie was such a revelation to me that when you got to there, half of the time I was like, well. I don't know if we, we will ever do that sort of thing. But then I thought about it like, wait, what would Black Shakespeare look like? So it, that one scene in particular, like everything else was for humorous. Yes, yes. You know, like, and I took it as humor, but that was like one of my rare moments where I was like, hmm, like, I wonder what that life would look like. In other words, like opening the palette and expanding my, my brain to accept the fact that we can do anything. So... Yeah, that that's that's a weird full circle moment cuz even me watching Hollywood Shuffle based on your life experience, that even planted a seed for me like, oh, we can we could do much more than what we're doing now. And yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, that that's amazing. So, what are your next steps? How did you know about a second city? Uh, so, uh, I'm in theater. So
6: I'm I'm at uh, X-Bag, and then I went to the Lamont Zeno Theater on the west side of Chicago. Is this
3: high school, or is this college years? This is high school. Okay.
6: And so I find my way uh, to theater, and so then my first director... Uh, Paymoon Rami, who's in Chicago now, is a powerful brother. Him and his wife, Masikoa Myers, they were my first mentors. And so when you're around actors and people, and he was a casting director, so he cast me in Cooley High. He did the extras casting for Mahogany. And so you're constantly around like, oh, that's an agent over there. Oh, that's what, you know, and you get this information. And when you're hungry, like, you know, music for you, you're a sponge. And so I would just kind of you know, like, okay, you know, what's an agent? Okay, where, acting class. Okay, I'm going to take an acting class. I'm going to take another acting class. Okay, how do I do a movie? If I could just say one line in the movie. And so I was just hungry, hungry, and I wasn't going to have anything stop me. I have to tell you this story. I really wouldn't be in show business. I went, I was going to college at Illinois State University in Normal, Bloomington, and uh, I was in the theater department, and I, love theater, and then I'm down there, and on one side of the theater is John Malkovich, and uh, what's her name, Lori Metcalf. They were on oh. the other, those those were the actors, but for the black actors of the school, we had like little small parts, and so then I was like, oh, there's nothing. So there was this one teacher, uh, oh. Who, you know, because I was fascinated with New York and I was like, what are the actors like in New York? I mean, all the best actors come out of New York. Even as a kid, I was like, oh, James Earl Jones is there. Cecily Tyson is there. Sidney Portier, they all come out of New York. And I was asking her questions about New York this one day. And I was like, well, tell me about New York, you know, the actors in New York. And she looked at me and she said, stop asking about New York. You don't have what it takes to make it in this industry. You won't make it. You, you don't have it. Are you done? Are you through? An actual adult said that? Teacher, yes. And the way she said it to me, but let me, let me explain something, though. She hit me so hard, I left out of, that, out of her office numb. And I was like, I'm not going to make it. And I wondered the campus just like lost. And I was like, you know, when an adult says something like that to you, it's an right. adult right. going like, you don't have it, you're not going to make it. And I was wondering around the campus like, what the, what? Oh, man, I'm not going to make it. And then I had a moment, and I had this moment where I go, She doesn't know me. She doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know what my talent is, what's inside of me. And I shook it off. And I said, I got to see for myself. So I was so lost wandering the campus. I didn't even know where I was. I was just like, I'm not going to make it my dreams. And then I stopped. And when I shook it off, I looked up and there was a sign that says, "Transferred to exchange with any student in the country, uh, exchange program and i was like i went in that office and said i want to exchange with a student in new york <laughs> and when i have a school in new york we have a school in new jersey i said i'll take it and i transferred to william patterson college in patterson new jersey oh, it's enough. Wow. close enough okay. close okay. enough and so i would get on a bus from port authority and go to manhattan on the weekends after i left school and you know but that teacher if what i saw this this is 76 New York, New York. New York, New York. And so that's when I met Denzel. Okay. You know, it's like, but.
3: Did you see that teacher again?
6: But see, here's the thing. If I saw that teacher, I'd give her the biggest hug. Right. I'd give her the biggest hug because, like, a lot of my friends never left Chicago. And she broke me down so hard that day that I, you know, like the part of Robert Townsend that goes like, wait a minute now, who am I? What am I? And I, and she, at that point, she, I called my mother right away. I said, I'm leaving the school. I'm going to New York. I'm going to be in New Jersey, but I got to get out of here now. But if she hadn't said that, I probably would have still been there. And I would have, I wouldn't be Robert Townsend. It was that one defining moment that she pushed me so hard that I was like, What am I going to do? And then I said, Well, maybe I don't have it. And I said, Well, you know what? I'm going to see for myself. So I'm going to bet on me. And I, you know, and I was like, And then I was in New York and I was studying with Marlon Brandle's acting teacher, Stella Adler. Mm -hmm. So I started studying with her. I started studying at the Negro Ensemble Company. And uh,
0: how quickly did these things happen? Uh, Because,
6: well, once she said that to me, I was only at USC for one semester. Once she said that to me, I got out. Okay. Cause I was in the theater department and I was enjoying myself. But when she had that conversation, cause I don't, and I, it's like, I'm a kid. And so if somebody says that to you, and you like you hurt my oh, feelings, it, you, it. Feel you, it, physically, you feel it. physically feel <laughs> it. Yeah, you it, it. It. I felt it, and so then I was like, I gotta get out of here. So then I was gone.
0: But then the Stella Adler part, like how? What, so new- once
6: I got to New York, it's kind of like you know I say this to to artists all the time. You gotta have a blueprint. And so I was like, okay, to get to the next level, I want to study with the best. Stella Adler is Marlon Brando, one of my favorite actors. I would watch all of his movies you know, when I was that little boy, TV guide. So then I'm studying with her, and
3: then I go... Wait, but
0: how did you know to go to
3: the top? Like,
0: and how'd she take you? Like,
3: she took you, <laughs> she took... Like, she- Like you said, I need the best acting teacher ever. Where is she? Oh. How did you even well, know that? To-
6: well, so, so let me say this, you know, because it's kind of like, if you're hungry for it, if you really want it, then if you go like i really want to be an actor i want to be an actor you know who's the best acting teacher then you know Mar- you know and so the style of, you know it's Marlon brando right. and so i'm like that guy Right. And so I just started, and then I, you know, you ask actors in New York, who's the best acting teacher? Oh, man, so-and-so. It's like if you went on the street right now okay. and went on Hollywood Boulevard, and he says, who are the acting teachers? Then somebody would say, oh, Ivana Chubbick is really good, and so-and-so, fine, is good. Right. So I ask, and then you got to audition to get in. Ah,
5: that's And so
6: when I auditioned to get in, I just did characters for you, just, and I wasn't even thinking about doing characters today. Back then, when I was really in character boy mode, Ooh. where I would perform, mm-hmm. You know, I would go in. You know, I made a living doing dog food commercials because I could do that invisible dog. What? They would bring me in and they would say, "Okay, a little, a little chow, wow, wow." A big dog. <laughs> He's excited to see her. <laughs> and I made money being a dog. Yo, this is the That's greatest active. episode of <laughs> all time so anyway, sorry, when, so, Jimmy Jam, you out here <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, it's a wrap, so so anyway when when you say when you say the whole thing of that teacher I would hug her because in that moment she challenged me so hard that I was like no I gotta see for me rather than like you're right I'm nothing I was like no 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 and I think a lot of people get squashed like mm-hmm. that
3: all the time Dog, and so that was your teacher imagine if some of your family remember saying that to you. oh yeah like, yeah you know, I I know there's a squash feeling so so Jesus.
0: Can you answer the question now? What's what's the difference with a New York actor? What are they like?
6: You know what it is, is that it's not a New York actor. What it is, is that actors from all over the country that are really hungry go for the dream. They don't sit in, like, I'm in a little small town in Iowa. They go, like, I want it. And they're all hungry. And so they all have that same DNA of we want it. So, like, when you see people, it's like a bunch of eagles all come together and you've left all the pigeons. And so all the eagles are standing there and just like, hey, man, you, you want this? I want this, too. You want it, too? Yeah, I want it, too. And so then all the eagles are together like this. So when I, you know, like when I, when I all the people that I met, like I remember, you know, when you, when you talk about half the talent in Hollywood, they all had that eagle eye. They weren't sleeping. Or, they were up. You know, like we want it. How bad do you want it? Like, mm-hmm. like today I'm coming to talk, but I, I really, you know, I like you and I'm meeting you today. And I'm like, oh, this brother, like you're about something. So I don't do podcasts, Uh you know, you're about something. And so when I see, it's kind of like, when you talk about people's work, it's like millions of people can hear this. Mm -hmm. You can plant seeds. Like I've been in everybody's house, but I wasn't really in your house, but I was in your house. And I was planting seeds of like, okay, if you see, you know, like uh, say a man, me and Howard Hewitt, I, if, if I, I believe in God, I have faith. And so I said, let me plant this seed. Boom. It's a variety show. but Let me plant this seed. Hey, you know what? I'm going to put a mixture of stuff in here. Okay. I'm going to do the bold, the black, the beautiful. We've never seen black people dressed up. And I said, you know, the Trojan horse here is going to be that we're going to see black people being funny and everything, but we're going to see them in the best clothes and the whole thing. And so there was always an agenda. You know what I mean? Like everything is, you know, you're planning seeds. There's always an agenda behind
3: it. Do you want some tissues? Like do, I'm
0: sorry. I do need some tissues. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all I'm good. so sorry. I'm having a real black moment. I'm crying moment. I don't right know right now. To, it's, it's a lot because everything you're saying is everything that we feel, but you articulated that. All right, let's get know. some tissues yeah, and we'll I'm... take a break and sorry. then we'll come
3: back with more I... of Townsend on Quest Love Supreme.
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing and your home really might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Hi, it's Sugar Steve from Questlove Supreme. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
3: All right, so we are back at uh, Questlove Supreme with the uh, man, with the, with the master teacher, Robert Townsend. Okay, so I have I have a theory about why New York... Because you raised a question, like, like, what was it about New York actors? Is it simply because in the acting world, like, the mathletes or the snob actors are... Their, their trial by fire is the Broadway stage, like, you know, I'm an actor, and I've done Broadway. So is that kind of, uh, well, not the good version of The Scarlet Letter, but a badge of honor as opposed to just going straight to, like, what was it about LA that didn't call to you, that New York was calling to you? Well,
6: you know, what it is is that uh, New York is about craft. Like to get on stage, like when you're on stage, it's just you and the stage, and you don't get to go, cut, you know? Like for me, uh, what I love when I do, you know, perform or go in, I love theater. Like when I was doing stand-up and all of that, there's something magical. Like so, when I see the actors in New York, uh, they live it, they eat it, and we're actors. Like like I, I work with some actors when I'm directing that you know like I, you got two takes, you got three takes. That's it, Robert. Four takes. And the really great actors, they go, how many more you want, you want to do? Fifteen. Yeah. Let's go again, Rob. Let's go again, Rob. Let's go again. Let's go again. Now I love those actors. <laughs> now when I have actors, you have it. Robert, I think you have it.
5: <laughs> and I
6: was like, uh, no, I ain't. I mean, I fought with the, you know, don't get me started. Nah, because, no, because, wait, wait, wait. Because, because the thing is that, you know, so let me, let me say this. You're like, okay, coming into this room today, all this love. So first let me just say thank you for all the love. Holy you man. know, thank you. I create what I create because at the end of the day, if we get a shot to create something special, why not strive for a classic? Why not strive for a hit? Why not strive? And it's not an ego thing, but it's kind of like it's when taking full
4: advantage of the opportunity that you have.
6: That's all. You, you know, the, the thing for me is that I love what I do. I, I really, I I love what I do. So, so part of the thing for me is that I have to give it my all. And I think with New York actors. You know, and it's not all of them. There is a there's a select group that they focus on the craft like nobody's business. And I think it's like with comedians, the same thing. There's certain artists that just focus, and they, like Richard Pryor would focus. As all the demons he had, he would always raise that bar in terms of comedy. And so I think anytime I, you know, I I try to put you know put my heart and soul into my work that. People would want to watch it again. People would want to remember the lines, you know.
0: Yeah. Like your Story was a good example of that, right? Because that was a lot of New York actors. Oh yeah, that's the that was
6: a crew. That was all of you know. It's so funny because that was all of us from New York coming together. Because uh, Denzel, you know, uh, we were talking you know the other day. Uh, we were we would be at the unemployment office together, and we would be <laughs> at the uh, actors lounge together, uh, Actors Equity Lounge, and so we were all like. Norman, you know, Norman Jewison, saying, yeah. uh, you know, directed it, but Ruben Cannon cast it. And he was like, also I want the, the best. Purple. He did the Color Purple as well. And, and he just wanted the best actors that he thought for the part because Hollywood would go, hey, we're going to cast so-and-so in this part and so-and-so in the casting could be all wrong. And he was like, no, no, no. I want David Allen Gray to play this part. Adolph Caesar is going to play this part. Man, uh, was it? Yeah.
4: Howard Rollins. What you know? was it like? Wait, wait, okay. like,
3: Before you ask that, did he cast you in the Color Purple? Ruben Cannon um actually he was in the he color purple, I was like, an extra
4: in the color purple okay I was yeah. like I mean I was five a kid. or six you know <laughs> what I mean but yeah I had to uh audition for in front of him um he yeah. was and so I got cast as, a, as an extra I was a kid they shot it in North Carolina that's my home and so um I went and auditioned and uh he was there and I had to read Well, I wasn't reading but The scene they gave us was we had to act like you were hungry and that you were angry. So it was like, give me some jam, I'm hungry. Like you were telling the parent. Right. And I'm like six years old. And so the girl I was going up against, she was nine and she was bigger. And she was like, really angry. I was like, shit, she sound hungry for real. You know, she was like, (laughs) give me some jam, I'm hungry. Like she played it up so fucking big. I was like, what the fuck? And so I came out to audition. And again, I'm six years old. I have no idea what the fuck any of this shit is. Like no one has told me anything, and so I came out and like, you know, I'm thinking I failed. I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is, but I feel like I did a very bad job at it because I wasn't as animated as her. But I got it, and I, I looking back on it, I think what it was was that I was so young, and my fear was like kind of mm. palpable. So being one of Mister's kids, this big Danny Glover just running around beating the shit out of everybody. That worked in my advantage because I was so young and I was so small and actually scared. So I ended up getting the part as an extra for a couple of years. Oh, but I remember Ruben Cannon, man. I had to wow.
3: audition for him. Good it was man, crazy. good man. Yeah, man. I know that your experiences in trying to get to a particular platform led you to document and sort of hone it into a, a script that will eventually become Hollywood Shuffle. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can you talk about— That is still relevant today. Right. <laughs> Can you talk about the experiences you had as an actor during the, the Shuffle, the audition Shuffle, the trying to figure out where you fit in and all those things? Well, well you know, so so back
6: then, I'm living Keenan, Ivory Wayans. Keenan moved to LA first, and then Keenan says, "Hey Rob, these people are moving slow." I'm living in New York at the time. How did you two meet? We were both at the, uh, both comedians at the improvisation in Manhattan. We were uh, auditioning. We were online to audition, and uh, we were the only two brothers online. And Keenan was coming home from Tuskegee because he was in college at Tuskegee. Okay. And so we were auditioning, and uh, he was there that summer. And then we were hanging out like, yeah, bro, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it too, man. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and then Keenan was like, he goes, I got to do this for my family. And then he took me into the Chelsea projects one time and I go in there and it's like, it's a four bedroom house. And it's like all these kids and I see Marlon, I see Sean, I see Kim. And they're all like these babies. And we used to walk from 45th and 9th Avenue, the improv to Pearl's place on 96 on the east side walk? and walk. And we would be talking about our dreams. And it's like, man, and then one day I'm going to be on The Tonight Show. Man, we're going to make movies. He like, says, I'm going to get my family, my whole family out of there. And it was like, wow, you know? So so that's how we met. So we had this thing about family and and just success and winning.
4: Winky dinky dogs. Right. Man. <laughs> man, so you made that first movie, Hollywood Shovel, credit cards. Yes, sir. Talk about it, man.
6: So let me explain the route there. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's I want right, that's right. Right. So, so, to know the route So I'm a young actor in New York now. I'm doing dog food commercials, making money. I'm doing extra work. I was in the Warriors. I was in the Whiz as an extra, one of the citizens of Emerald City.
0: Welcome back. You're going to come back to that.
6: You know, and so, <laughs> you know, I'm having
3: these experiences and I'm like an extra. And and then do I... You, do you have an agent? I, I hate to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but you, you're you dropping so many yeah. gems. Do you have an agent by this point? Oh,
6: yeah. Well, see, in New York back then, you could have many agents because whoever got you the job first. (laughs) Hell, yeah. Whoever got you the job first, so you'd be registered with this agent, that agent, that agent, that agent. And then whatever the job came in, whoever got to you first, because they didn't want to sign people like you're signed exclusively. So they'd go like you could freelance. And so you've got nine agents or seven, six of the top people in commercial, theater,
3: film, television, whoever got to you. What is it like showing up on the? Because you're talking about, like, Mahogany and Cooley High and The Wiz and all these things. What's going through your mind, like, your first day on the set, like, looking at... Are you I just at remember all talking to the actors
6: or... I just remember the first day, like, when you talk about Mahogany... Uh, that was in Chicago. We were in the cold, and it was Billy D doing the speech. And then I was be, and then in, and then I was in another scene behind Diana Ross in the Welfare Line. She's like, "I want to get my old man back."
5: Right. And then, but I just remember being out there,
6: and it's like you talk about being, you know, like, uh, like, like my impressionist skills kick in because I was watching Billy D and. It was like he was like I was watching his mouth and then I was just studying him and it's like you know the polls say we're way behind you know uh, <laughs> the polls say we're way behind and then it's like you want my arm to fall off you know it was like the way he talked <laughs> with his mouth and so how I, do
3: you channel someone how long does it take before you actually nail them like because that's that's a gift where you it's not you know wow. you know you, you know it's so funny it's like I can watch
6: and listen And then there's a certain, like, if I really study, like, I haven't done it in years, but back then, you know, it's kind of like, like Jimmy Stewart, there's a certain sound in his voice or Bill Cosby, because you you see, there's a sound, there's a sound. And so I would hear uh, different things. And so when I watched, I was out there in the cold watching him and I just remember that whole speech and I would just do it. And then when I got home. You know, I would do it like James Earl Jones, you know, like you, you see the daddy got to be the breadwinner, Claudine,
3: the wherefore and the here, there fraud. Well, wait, what is stopping you from being just black, li- rich, little? Because <laughs> ah, that was the thing. That was thing of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, man of could... a thousand voices. Like, you know, you know, here's the thing I, I
6: enjoyed. Uh, so let me say this. I've been working on a one man show about my life. And uh, I think yes, it's yes. it's uh Please, it's I did man. it I did it in Berkeley you know because of Richard Pryor because Richard Pryor broke away and went right. to Berkeley and my friend Don Reed was like you know Rob there's a theater up here in Berkeley so I was working the show up there and then now I'm going to take the show you know and workshop it in New York you know uh, at the Public Jesus Christ so so I'm I'm in the middle of that I you will know? follow
3: okay you know what I mean so anyway really? it's all the
6: stories about my life but I was. You know, I'll just say it like this, God has blessed me with a lot of talent. So I can write, I can direct, I can produce, and I'm a performer. But when I was doing the stand-up, you know, when I was doing all of that, then I started doing movies and I started, you know, so then Hollywood Shuffle came out of that.
3: How good is a living being an extra in the 70s and 80s? Like, as far as survival's concerned, like, what is, is the pay good enough for you to say Okay, or do you also have to like uh, work at a bounce at a nightclub or, or, you know? Well see, I was
6: was hustling. I was such a hustler back then. I still am, but it was like back then I was like hustling really hard. So I did my extra work. I did television commercials because I would always say I could have dignity in 60 seconds. So um, mm. I I could you know like there, one of my commercials somebody just p- put on social media and it was like this is Eddie Eddie's trying to get a job Eddie's trying to get an education he's working hard that's why we're working with Eddie you know and and, and I was playing I was Eddie you know and so it's just it just somebody just posted it like two days ago you the original, Calvin, the original Calvin,
4: Calvin. Calvin job, <laughs> you know, I was the original I'm Calvin I was the like, original Calvin y'all. I was the original Calvin yo like what are our expectations he's working at McDonald's like All right. yeah I was I like, was the
6: original Calvin, Calvin. <y'all>. (laughs) (laughs) So I I did TV commercials. Uh, I would do theater every now and then. And uh, like I said, my dog view commercials. And then I was doing, you know, I I would do the demos for for Bill Cosby for the Ford back then. So I would, they would say, Bill Cosby's not coming in. Can you do the voice? And it's like, there's something about Ford Motors that I like, you know, and I would do all the voices. So I was like doing different things and auditioning for the movies. And then I, I, and I was auditioning for all that stuff. So, so yeah, I was... The extra work didn't pay, but I got to tell you, okay, this mm-hmm. is one story is that when I was doing the film called The Warriors, mm-hmm. Warriors come out and play, eh? I was in the riffs. So if you don't know the movie, yeah. there's a gang summit in New York City, all the gangs come together and then the leader of the gang, Cyrus, Cyrus. is shot and then they go who did it? The Warriors and the whole movie is about the Warriors trying, trying to, to get make home it to the crib. Yeah. So anyway, I was in his gang, Cyrus's gang. So um, we were in Central Park shooting for 5 days in Central Park in the middle of the night. Now here's the thing, they had like 700, 800 people out there. Now there was there were probably a hundred actors and the rest were real gang Amen. members mm-hmm. oh and so here's how here's how I, I changed my life in one night so <laughs> anyway so they've got all the gang members and everything and the prop department hands out chains bottles sticks and all of this stuff oh, and wow. so then <laughs> you heard the, the first AD goes when you hear the sh- a gunshot then start running and use your weapons and people were getting hurt you know people were like where is the sag rep where is the sag rep? and i was seeing people get hurt and and the gang members they was loving it. it's like i'm gonna hit somebody else with this chain next day i'm gonna knock somebody out with this chain and so then i was like oh man i don't want to get hurt so then this is where the writer director robert townsend was born cyrus's body fell over there and so i was like you know what, I'm gonna be the one soldier that won't run. I'll just run to the body and protect the body. So then that way I won't get hit by nothing. So then they go, At camera A, camera B, camera C, and action. And everybody starts running chaos, and I run to the body and I stay near the body and I stand near the body and I'm standing near the body. And then all of a sudden I hear over the speaker, the first AD goes, the guy near the body, stay near the body. And so then they go, Cut. First AD runs over to me and says, What's your name? I go, Robert Townsend. He goes, The director loved what you did. You just got upgraded. Now, I was supposed to make $66. Then I made $266. That was rich back then. (laughs) That was rich. And so then the other actors are coming over like, Why didn't you run like everybody else was supposed (laughs) to run? And so then something strange happened. Then all of a sudden we took a 20 minute break. And then they go, okay, we're coming back. And then when they came back, I was standing where I was standing, and then they had everybody standing around me. Because the Walter Hill, the director, loved what I did. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, wait a minute. That's right. There would be somebody that would stay with the body. Not everybody would run away. And then it looks like, you know, it, it's not in the film, but, it you know, but I got stills from it because I, I pretended to be my own uh, business manager. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, so yeah, people, <laughs> like uh, a <laughs> uh, Mr. Childson would like to get some stills. He's a, He was in the film. They cut his part out, but he'd like to, can we come over? I'm going to send a young black guy over there to take a look at it <laughs> and I'll pretend right. to be myself you know and so I went over and I got photos of it but um that day I was like I changed the scene I said I changed the scene and so then it was like the seed of being a director was planted because and he says you get upgraded and then I was like upgraded and he was like yeah you're gonna make and I was like a silent bit and I was like and so then every time I walked on the set even though I was an extra I walked on like I was a director what are we shooting today (laughs) what's the first shot you know
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Okay, so I feel silly because as much traveling as I do and as many Airbnbs that I stay in because that's the only way I travel, I really have never considered my own space. I mean, think about it. What if you can make money for your next vacation while you're on vacation? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, my house is just not fancy enough. I just can't do the things. You're sleeping on your space. I'm sleeping on my space. Yes, I'm talking to myself. And I really don't even have to use my whole place. I could just Airbnb a room. I know how this works. Because again, I use Airbnb. Duh. I mean, just think about it. Most of us that use Airbnb are only using it for 50% of its power. We're spending the money, but we're not making the money. What if we could do both? Whoa. Mind-blowing and your home really might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: hi it's sugar steve from quest love supreme if debit is your go-to card discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too so check out discover cashback debit a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases that's right Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees? Period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com/slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
3: Okay, I got to ask since you're in New York and you're sort of. A degree of comedy. Well, that's the thing, like, because you're also talking about stand-up, which I think is a whole nother animal besides theater acting yes. or, or acting acting. At this point, is what's happening at 30 Rock in in your radar at all with Saturday Night Live, like, by this point, I, I'm assuming it's the late 70s, early 80s, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, you uh, know that Saturday Night Live's a thing? and I
6: auditioned for Saturday Night Live. What year? So so you don't know the the history, okay, so here's the history. I am at the Improvisation, and back then Jay Leno's the host. You got Billy Crystal, you got Rodney Dangerfield, you got Robin Williams. Uh Everybody's there, and I'm Mm. one of the few brothers there, and I do my characters. And Silver Friedman, who just recently passed, she got the club from Bud Friedman in the divorce, and so she runs the club. And I am doing my stand up and doing it. So, Saturday Night Live is looking for somebody to be on the show. And so, I put together all my characters and they go, You gotta have an audition. And I go into the audition and I'm just like, "Like Today you're, you're filling my characters and what I do. But then, you know, like I'm a kid and I'm like, Pow, 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 pow. And so, I get done with the audition and I'm like, I think I smoked it. I think I really smoked it. And so then they go, you didn't get it. My agent calls and says, you didn't get it. I said, but, I, you know, I said, it felt good in my spirit. I felt like I was doing it. And they go like, well, th- they're going to go with this guy oh, no. named Eddie Murphy. They- <laughs> and so, and so Keenan knows him from Long Island and okay. from Roosevelt Island. And he goes, you know, like, Eddie's really good. And I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. I said, I guess i uh, So then cut to... A book comes out about Saturday Night Live, right? And so Jean Dominion, or I think her name is yeah, she's, she's the oral history of Saturday Night Live. Oh, she, okay, So yeah, yeah. she, or she, I think she wrote a book or something. Right. So then I started seeing all this stuff on social media, like Robert town's supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. Robert town's supposed to be he lost out to Eddie Murphy, and I was like, what, 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 what is this? In the book. I guess I really did give a great audition, and right. they were oh, there was a, a a big war in the room because they were like, no, he can do the voices and the characters, and da 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 da, yeah. you know. But I mean, here's the thing: we can
0: only be one, though. We can only
2: pick one. We can only pick one. <laughs> so one
6: so so damn. Uh, so in the book, it came out that that's really that that I was up for it, and then in the ninth hour, I guess this guy Neil said, no, we should go. I mean, but here's the, everything worked out. But it was just, you know, like how you have something and you go like, I think I really did good in there. There. And then later on when the book came out they says like they were debating on this
3: new comedian named Robert Townsend. So you found yeah. out how close you would have came. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. All right, so I totally interrupted your story from Yeah, Hollywood Shuffle. Yes. Yeah, making making that. Now. <laughs> what
0: <laughs> Which one? I was like, yeah, what What's Hollywood the straw story. What's yeah. the
3: straw that breaks <laughs> the camel's back that leads to All right, I got to do this. Is it a string of close-but-no cigar like lost rolls or that sort of thing or
6: no, it is the day I have the uh, the worst audition of my life. And um, so there is a director from England. He's doing a, a movie about pimps and hustlers. And so I go in to audition and...
3: Uh, I'm depressed
6: already. Right, right. And so anyway... He, he humiliates me. He goes, N- no, 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 you get out of the Cadillac. He's a bad mofo, you know, you, <laughs> de Nequa, I know you're holding out on me, ho. And then I want you to say, biatch, Oh biatch. No. <laughs> and uh, do it again this time. And this time, stick your ass out. Can you stick your ass out? You black guys have big asses. Can you move your big ass around? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, okay, okay, you want me to do it? Okay, hold your cock. Or do you call oh, oh, dick? Oh, oh. Do you say dick, cock, cock, dick? Hold, hold your cock. Is that a direction, so, Robert? This is real. And so then...
3: What is this director, uh, director before? I, don't, I didn't know. I, okay. I was uh, just uh, going...
6: So anyway, I finished the audition... And I'm outside the room, and and I'm you know like you're it's like you're you're a sellout at that point. You just want the job, and you're selling your soul. And I and I had sold my because I was like you know would you you know would you like to see a dick adjustment? You know anything you (laughs) can I could do differently? You know I was like selling, and he was like no 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 it's fine it's fine no 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 don't apologize don't apologize don't apologize. (laughs) And so I walk out, and the door is cracked open and uh i can hear him talking and he goes he's all wrong he's all wrong i need a nigger i need a nigger wow. and he's just screaming oh, and so nigga. and so i leave and i'm like damn that's what they think of me damn so then i go to keenan's house and you know and uh keenan sees the look on my face and you know keenan keenan cuz he has Ten brothers and sisters. He would always cook, and he could cook his butt off. So Keenan's in there cooking, and he goes, and he goes cock balls, you know? <laughs> and I was like so mad. I was like, Keenan, this we we gonna die doing this bullshit, man. I said, fuck this, man. We got to do something. And then that thing came out of my spirit, and I was like, we got to make our own movies.
3: And what year it, is this in which you declare that? This is uh, eighty. Wow. This
6: is 83. And so Keenan goes, uh, Rob, you never directed anything. You never made a short film. You know, you're talking about making a movie. And I was like, if we don't do this, we're going to die. We'll figure it out. Let's make a movie. And I had done, you know, I was making money on my dog food commercial, so I'd make a lot of money. <laughs> and I had just done a soldier story with Denzel. And so I had like $60,000 saved in the bank. And I was like, you know, and everybody was like, you know, you're going to get a Porsche, you're going to get a Jag, what you going to do with that money. And I was like, let's make a movie. And it was like, but you never did it before. And I said, that doesn't, it doesn't look hard. I've been on enough sets. I I could do, we could do this. We could do this. And I basically taught myself how to make a film. And we, everything we did, um, the film was shot in 12 days, the whole film. 12 of the hardest days of my life. I'm I'm co-writing you, with Keenan. You walk
0: me with yeah, I mean uh, casting from, from, all the things
3: from soup to nuts like
6: So, I have 60,000 in the bank. Right. And so then I go Let's just make and Keenan and I, you know, we start writing and we're like, let's just make a movie about our lives. You know, like people say, write what you know. Let's just start writing. It's like, let's do that audition. Let's do that part. Okay, hey, you know, and you know what? And let's show them what we who we are. So I says, I want to always play a detective, and he goes, Yeah, we could play a detective, and then I could play the bad guy. Why don't we call him Jerry, Jerry Girl. Curl. Oh, dude, that'll be perfect. So then the I'll Jerry be Sam Curl. Ace, like Humphrey Bogart was in the movies. Instead of, instead of Humphrey Bogart, I'm Sam Ace. And I'll be cool like Sam, and
3: we do it in black and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. And next. then it's like, there's and no like. point in which you're just like, ah, we're in over our heads, who are we kidding? Like, No, because, because
6: you know, I, I call it the salami theory. A salami is a piece of meat like this. And you just cut off one little piece, one little piece. And so I just knew to cut off one little piece at a time. I wasn't trying to go like, ah, I was like, okay, this is how much I have for my rent and my gas <laughs> and my car. We can't touch that. So we will take everything else and put it on the table. So then how much does it cost to make to, uh, c- uh, catering? We could do pasta. We could do chicken. We could do so-and-so and get it, you know, da-da-da-da. We could get the pastries and blah, 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 blah. blah. So craft service taken care of. Hey, uh, back then you could rent the camera on a thursday say you're going to shoot for one day and then you go like i missed the deadline i'll bring it back (laughs) on monday so then you shoot for your whole weekend weekend. And then you shot with short ends. So I called Norman Jewison from A Soldier Story and uh, Ron Swory, the producer, and I said, I'm gonna make a movie. Can I have the leftover film from A soldier Story? And he goes, well, you know, they call me Bobby. Bobby, take it all, Bobby, take it all, take it all. So then I get the leftover film. And, if, and, and for those of you that don't know, short ends- oh, that's right. A short end, so the concept of short ends, for those of you that understand film, is that a magazine to shoot, to load on the old school cameras was 10 minutes long if the scene is seven minutes, you have three minutes of left. film left over. You can't do the whole take again. So you just have three minutes You go get another mag. So that three minutes of film, nobody can really shoot anything with three minutes. I go give it to me. So if I've got to do one scene and go like, sometimes I only had like a minute of film. And I just say, just say winky dinky dog. And it was like winky dinky dog. We got it, it's rolled out. Okay, let's go, moving on. And so <laughs> reload, reload, reload. And so it would just be going that fast and that quick and uh, short ends, short ends. We couldn't afford the high um editing places so keenan is always like this is where we got into that brain thing because keenan was like he says rob where do they edit pornos at because if we go to a porno <laughs> place we could really edit over there and so i said i hear in chadsworth they got porno places so we went there initially what got a deal to edit porno it's me and 16 porn porn editors <laughs> And I had never heard anybody, I had never heard anybody direct porn. So then you hear like, you're like, I'm walking down the hall waiting on my cut. And then I can look in other people's room. I look in the room and then you, you see the editor there and he got a cigarette and he's editing and he's doing the whole thing. And then you can hear the director's voice. Uh, uh, put your leg down. Put your leg down. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Put your head back. Put your head back. Put your leg down. Put your head back. Look, and, and I'm like, and they're just, yeah. Cockballs. Yeah, cock cock balls. Balls. Cock balls. Yeah, right. And so, so the actors, you know, my whole thing was, I Look. Uh, I'm going to make this movie and uh, I'm going to take you through boot camp because I started in theater when I was a kid. So I said, we're going to do acting exercises.
0: That's I was wondering what you do. We, and
6: we did we actor exercises, warm ups and all of that, rehearsing, rehearsing.
3: Wait, how did you even rally the troops? Everybody. Like, wasn't Anne Marie Johnson sort of established?
6: No, nobody was established.
3: I've seen her on extras. and
6: No, not that, back then. The first then. time
3: I've ever seen her was Hollywood Shuffle.
6: I mean, she had done little things, but not really like. Popping
3: okay, but even like John Witherspoon and no
6: John hadn't really John had done stuff But it was you know, it was like there was a time when it was like the black exploitation, which was not exploitation It was just movies where we were the leads you had that period with Melvin Van Peebles and all of those and Michael Schultz and Cooley High and then there was like a little bit of pause where there were no movies like where we were and then Spike was in New York doing she's got to have it while I was in LA working on Hollywood shuffle Okay. And so that was that time. And so there were actors that were working, but the work work wasn't consistent. So then the thing for me was to say, look, I don't have any money to pay you, but when I, I, you're going to have a great time. We're going to make a movie. We're going to make history, you know, and There's work There's chicken me. over
1: here at the craft services.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that exactly. was right. That was right. And so they were like, he's going to feed us and he's going to do this. And so, um, and I will have respect for your time. Because they, they all have day oh, jobs, right? They all like have day, day jobs, and so we shoot on the weekends. So I, I will get you in and get you out. And so the one thing I learned early on was, I know how to plan. And so I was, I did the call sheets, and I knew we had to be invisible so that people wouldn't break, shut us down. So I go, we're going to shoot at this house, but park three blocks away. And here's where you can park and then walk over. And hey, don't hang out in front of the house, you know, hang in the back. Be, please be quiet so that we can shoot, shoot, shoot. And then we're gone. And then by the time we shot all of our outdoor stuff, like the Black Acting School, yeah. Sunday morning. Sunday morning, people met at my house at five o'clock. We went to Nicholas Canyon, uh, Nichols Canyon, and uh, laid everything out, jumped the, into the van. mountain. Yeah where we what goes he like oh white well, you know yeah <laughs> oh so so
3: and and so by the time well what about like the the the, the beauty shop where amory johnson worked at like that was in uh we, we made a deal where we said hey we will uh pay a
6: hundred dollars plus clean up you know for a couple of weeks if you let us shoot and that was like on crenshaw so we just you know it, or it, the it, movie
3: theater i'm sorry the movie, th-
6: the movie theater was the old baldwin theater that's not there anymore and it was owned by these two brothers. And basically we just said, you know, Hey, we don't have a lot of money to, to pay you, you know, but we'll clean up, we'll mop the floors. And I think I mopped that theater for about a couple of weeks after it was done. And they said, Hey, you can shoot, but you gotta be out before the movie starts at 11 o'clock.
3: It was an active movie theater.
6: Yeah. And you guys would shoot on the off hours. What we shot before the movie started. So like 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 back then in the, morning. the, oh, in the wow. morning we shot in the morning so we'd get there I think we got there like at four o'clock set up started shooting we had to wrap out by ten thirty
3: and then the movie started at eleven dude th- the same way that yeah. the disaster artist was made about the room oh yeah yeah, yeah. I need yeah, yeah. a movie made about, about how this movie got me <laughs> this is the first meta movie about making yeah. a movie about a movie about yeah. someone who didn't get to make movies. Yep. So, continue. So, everybody that I had ever
6: auditioned against, you know, because the other thing is that, you go like, oh, that guy's really a good actor, or, oh, I've, I've seen her and stuff before. She's really good. And so, everybody I ever auditioned against said, hey, I'm trying to do this movie. Do you mind being in the movie with me? And they were like, sure. Have you ever directed? I says, no. You know, I said, but they knew coming out of the theater, I knew what I was talking about, because I had been in theater. So, everybody said yes. and. Um, and I said, you know, I won't take my money first. Your money will be the first money. As soon as the money comes in, you're, you will get paid first. And so, that was the best day so of my. So you made
3: a spec deal, of, like if this goes to the theater and makes money and whatnot. Well, then... I didn't,
6: we, there was no deal. It was my word. It was my word because we didn't have a lawyer or anything. So it was just my word. Like I go, you have my word. If well, there's uh,
0: nothing on paper, not a contract, there's no, nothing on no paper. What good is your signature?
6: You know. So 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 basically. So here's here's the deal. So th- th- that was the <laughs> happiest day of my life because when the film is done, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit and come back. But when the film is done, I say to the Samuel Golan company, Sam Golan says, "I love this film. I want to distribute it." And so then I say, uh, hey, can I get my check like now?" And he goes like, well, "You know, why you you like you need it." He says, "I said, "Well, I charged the rest of the movie on credit cards. And he was like, <laughs> you charged your film on credit cards? And I was like, yeah. And so then I go, it's like $40,000 and I need that money like now. And he was like, you did? And he says, this is the, the, the best story ever. And I told him, I said, hey, I couldn't pay for you know food, but I could charge it. I said, I couldn't put, you know, so I went through how I did all, all this, the charging. So then he goes, um, he goes, we'll do that and we'll take care of everything. I said, but the first thing is that I got to pay all these actors because i said i told him and so he says okay he says how soon do you want to do it we're going to sign a deal and i said how soon can you do it and he goes you know like it's it's thursday he says it's going to take me some time to get it together for friday i said can we do it sunday at my house and so sunday at my house i was living on uh, orange drive and uh, right off of Melrose, and I said to all the actors, meet meet at my house at this time. The accountant from the Golden Company is going to be there. I have a one bedroom. You'll meet. You'll sign your contract in the bedroom. You'll wait in the living room. I have drinks and food and everything. And they got their checks before I got mine and they all did it and came in my bedroom and they signed their contracts. <laughs> and that was that the happiest day, day you know, Yo, of my life. I, this is the
3: first Die. time I'm applauding on my
4: own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, what act I specifically want to ask you about? Ludi Washington. Yes, sir. What role was he? he yeah, Winky Dicky Dog. Oh, he yeah. played Donald in no, like, Winky Dicky Dog. Oh, oh, and, and Bad,
3: Michael Jackson's. Yeah, and in uh, uh, House Party. And,
4: he's, right. Hey, Peanut, fix me some of that Dick Gregory. Like, right,
3: he, right. Like, he's he's <laughs> just one of them actors
4: that... Looney L- showed up, you know, because there were certain people that... Uh,
6: Jackie Brown was the casting director because there were certain mm. people that w- we knew and people that we didn't know, and Ludie showed up and just... And, and here's the thing. Uh... uh I worked at a place called Yankee Doodle Dandy in Chicago <laughs> okay. and Keenan worked at McDonald's in New York and so we both combined our experiences and so Ludie was one of the cats that we, we, that we used to work with. It was like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, nah. Who's, whose that.
3: idea was it about hoe cakes? Because the only person <laughs> I ever heard mention hoe cakes was James Brown on Live at the Apollo Volume 3 where he talks about... That was John Weatherspoon.
6: That okay, was Spoon. So Spoon I- was improvising. Sp- Spoon, here's the thing. <laughs> Again, when you ask these people, hey, hey, I'm going to do a movie and you haven't done a movie before. And it, it and they're like, mm, what is the hell? Are you, who do you, you know? And so he was like, man, whatever you want me to do. And and John Weatherspoon was like, he would just give you the world. And so when I said, okay, this is a flashback now. He's down and out and so on and so on and so, so, so Then go and John just started going off and I had never heard ho cakes either. <laughs> and I just thought it was just brilliant. At
3: that point, did you know who, um, Melvin Van Peebles was and that that was his exact experience making sweet sweet backs badass song. I, I you know I didn't know anything because I you know I kind of knew
6: some directors but I didn't know because I wasn't like I'm going to be an independent filmmaker I was just so fed up mm-hmm. that I just go I I'm not going to complain I never complain it's like let me just do something about it let's take action so so then later
3: on I discovered who he was in his films well, probably the most established person of that ensemble is maybe Patrice Russian, who by then was a platinum-selling yes. artist. So how did you get her involved in the scoring of the film and all that stuff? Well, you know, what it was was that... Um
6: because I love movies I know that music is really important Mm -hmm. and so I was looking for different people and then sending stuff to different people's agents you know because even though we were small it was like it's a small film but you know at that point we had something in the can that people could look at so um, her agent reached out and sent us a thing her reel because she had never really composed mm-hmm. she had done you know music but then Albums, it's like you yeah. know how people go like you know and even sam Golan, you know they were like and you know, like wait she, you know you got an artist maybe they can't compose maybe they you know what i mean because nah, right. like,
4: they are two different skills
6: they're two different like yeah. songwriter versus that so so um uh i met with her and she was like i'd love to do it and you know it's just kind of like for me there aren't a whole back then There might be a little bit more now, but there weren't a lot of black women composers or black women musical directors mm-hmm. so when um, she said, Hey, I want to do it. You know, I knew her music, but then I saw her passion to like, I can give you some music underneath here and I could do this and I can do this. And then when I did partners in crime, I said you could be the musical director and come up, you know, give me the playoffs. And so, uh, and then she went on to do the, you know, the Emmys and
3: everything. So, you know, it's just like, um, but it's just seeing it, just seeing it. So what's, is there a moment of, for you, like, like completion, is it after the first screening of it at, at whatever? I don't know if you guys did a premiere or not. Is it when Eddie Murphy hears about this and rents out the theater to, to, to see it? Like, At what point do you realize that, holy shit, this is going to be a thing? You know, l- l- let me say this. When we were
6: putting it together, editing and doing the whole thing, y- you know, Keenan and I, we, we, it made us laugh. We don't, it's like, if if we really laugh, like, oh, this Jerry Curl stuff, we were laughing, and it it was just us (laughs) laughing, having a good time. So I wasn't really like, everyone's gonna love this. It really doesn't, you know, there's a part that you wanna be loved, and then there's another part, like, I just wanna do what makes me happy,
0: I just, period. And I think we were being true to that. Okay, QLS fam, this is where we're stopping part one. And I know you heard Amir say it during the episode, but I have got to reiterate. This here episode is top 10 Questlove Supreme episodes of all time. Okay. And you know, every year Questlove Supreme celebrates Black History Month. You know, I do it every day. But anyway, Robert Townsend is Black History, which means what class? He's American history. So make sure you come back for part two next week or check out the podcast feed. In the second part of this conversation, he speaks about Meteor Man and his talent and now Emmy Award-winning daughter, Sky, and so much more. Okay, can y'all tell I really love this conversation? Make sure you come back.
3: What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio
2: app.
1: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.